Yemen uh, yeah. is, is back in the news. And uh, uh, well, it's always been in the news, but it ha- the, the focus is it ho- hopefully with things dampening down a little bit in Syria that the, the world media and people can, can look at what's happening in Yemen and with the hopes that yeah. that also could, could wind down as well. What what is what is the latest from Yemen? Well, it's it's sort of interesting. I mean, yeah, you say it's going to wind down, but no, in reality, you know, everyone has been diverted to to the Rohingya. Um, and actually, after Daga, who's um, a Syrian commentator and journalist, um, she wrote a very good piece uh, in the Duran, I think, basically saying, you know, like everyone now is focused on the Rohingya, but nobody is outraged about what has been happening for over two years in Yemen, which is effectively the ethnic cleansing um, of, of predominantly the Shia uh, communities inside Yemen, but of, or actually of the entire Yemeni population, or those at least who, who are resisting Saudi uh, coalition hegemony and colonization, which of course we know is is governed by um, the US, the UK and the EU, but the US and the UK primarily. Um, and, and I know from uh, Mohammed al-Wazir of ardwarights.org, uh, who's at the UN right now, um, <clears throat> advocating, uh, which he has been for the last two years, an, an independent commission of inquiry to actually investigate the war crimes that are being committed on both sides um, inside Yemen. But of course, you know, the UN has has basically prevaricated and refused um, to allow that to go ahead. Um, In fact, the only uh, commission of inquiry is the National Commission of Inquiry, which is headed up by the fugitive, uh, illegitimate president, ex-president Mansour Hadi. Um, so, no, you know, at the moment, basically what's going on, we're seeing in the last few days alone, um, again, Saudi coalition bombing of civilian areas. But an interesting um, development, and I was trying to find out a bit more about it, because it's come through a, a single uh, Yemen media outlet, but it is one that I, I would consider to be very reliable. I have asked around, particularly with Mohammed al-Wazir, to see if he can get any confirmation of it. But basically, there are reports coming in um, that uh, British um, officials have met with Saudi officials in the port of Aden. Um, And the report goes on to say um, that the UK is looking at potentially re-establishing a naval or military base in Aden. Um, now, I spoke to Andrew Korobiko very quickly before I came on to see what he thought of that idea. He said that he felt it was unlikely they would set up a base because they already have a base. Obviously, they set one up in Bahrain in 67 when they actually left Aden because, of course, the British um, had a presence in Yemen in Aden for, I think it was over 120 years. Um And they withdrew in November 67 and they set up a base in Bahrain at the time. But what is interesting, there does seem to be, I mean, according to this report, there are definite um, negotiations going on between Britain, um, the government in exile, Mansour Hadi, which is effectively Saudi Arabia. And of course, we know that Britain has been supplying, uh, certainly under Cameron, I think over or almost four billion worth of arms 
to Saudi Arabia to basically carry out its genocidal war of aggression against the Yemeni people. Now, I looked into it. There is a complete media blackout on this. <laughs> complete. I mean, I literally cannot find a thing except for four days ago in The Independent, a report about Michael Fallon. Um, who basically made the statement, Britain will spread its wings across the world with increased arms and equipment exports after Brexit. Um, and it then goes on to talk about uh, he's addressing the world's largest arms fair in London. He outlined his vision for the UK to take a bigger share of the international defence market and claimed demand was going through the roof because of increasing war and terror. Hailing programs to build frigates, that's interesting, marine patrol aircraft and the F-35 fighter jet, the defense secretary claimed the industry could strengthen international alliances. So he's obviously talking about Britain spreading its military-industrial complex wings. Um, that combined with the report from Inside Yemen that they have definitely been present in Aden and are discussing the potential for a military base or some kind of military or naval presence there. Um, and, of course, that entire um, Gulf of Aden, we know from uh, various uh, sources, but including WikiLeaks, that there was already a project in place to, to run the pipeline from the Al Jaf uh, oil and gas pipelines to the north of Yemen on the border with Saudi Arabia down to the south to avoid using uh, the Bab al-Mandeb Straits, which of course are under Yemeni control, or the Straits of Hormuz, which are under Iranian control. So from a lot of perspectives, it would make sense for Britain to be increasing its military involvement in the area. But I can't confirm for certain, but certainly this report is coming from a reliable enough source for it to, to, to kind of make me look further into it. Right. Well, Vanessa, I'm going to... Mm -hmm mention something here because this yeah. is an interesting point you make it's extremely fishy mm. uh, because uh back in uh 2015 philip hammond was the uh defense yeah. then uh now you mentioned uh bahrain but yeah in 2015 he went I, i've got a picture of him in front of me here with mm. spade in hand uh with the uh uh with the sorry he was foreign minister at the time not defense yeah. secretary with the Bahraini foreign minister also with spade in hand as they began construction, or symbolically at least, on what was being described at that time as a controversial Royal Navy base in Bahrain yeah. as Britain seeks to return to east of Suez. Yeah. Uh, then uh, just uh, when was it? Uh, at the end of August, um, the, the UK secures permanent naval base east of Suez in Oman. So that was announced uh, in, in August, and it was Michael Fallon that was there uh, doing that deal. Defence Secretary strengthens relations with Oman with new agreement on use of strategically important port. Uh, hashtag Global Britain. That was tweeted out by the Ministry of Defence uh, on the 28th of August. So so they've got they've got their permanent base uh, re-established in Bahrain. They've now, they're now setting up this base in uh, in Oman, and now you're talking about Aden as well. Mm. Patrick, what are they doing? It's, it's an arc. They're constructing yeah. a, a strategic arc uh, right from the Persian Gulf, right. right around. I mean, that's what it looks like. But they've got yeah. no ships. They've got no ships. That's a good point, actually. <laughs> um, so what they'll be doing is maybe uh, hiring it out to the United States or using it as a joint uh, for, or maybe for the European uh, military uh, new con well, right. so, organization so, that's so, coming online. So this is, this, is, this is a good point because the latest reports we have are that uh, 
even with the ships that they have, they've only got staff and engineers to put a third of them to sea at any point in time. So this must be viewed with the European military integration unification project in mind, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. other uh, fr- France certainly has a more formidable um, seafaring uh, military front than, than Britain does. Mm-hmm. And so Germany also, and also Italy, so in terms of the EU military integration, yeah, Nor- Norwegian Navy as well, uh, playing a bigger role as well. So yeah, that I think you might be on something, Mike. But it also gives them, of course, access to um, the Horn of Africa. So it's, yeah, you're right. It's it's an entire crescent. It's a control of, of that entire um, region, basically. Yeah. And with uh, Iran, with Iran in their crosshairs as well uh, down mm-hmm. the road. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah because the, there's also talk, they also mentioned the island of Socotra. Um, and also, what is interesting is it coincides um, with the leader of of Yemen's Ansrullah movement, Abdul Malik Hal Houthi, issuing, and I actually read his his entire speech yesterday, which is very long, but I, I thoroughly recommend reading it. Um, it's available at uh, yemenpress.org uh, in English. Um, but he he issued a very clear threat to the UAE, to the United Arab Emirates, um, which is interesting because the United Emirates Arab Emirates is one it's it's party to the Saudi coalition which is waging the the war of aggression against the Yemeni people um but it's also had a very machiavellian role in in fermenting the the current spat between uh Qatar and Saudi Arabia and basically Al Houthi put out a threat to the UAE a very clear threat and he actually said that uh, Anshrullah have the capability of of reaching Abu Dhabi and elsewhere in the UAE. He claimed that Anshrullah have several domestically manufactured drones in its inventory that would become operational in the near future. This was a very, very sort of unveiled threat on on the UAE. And of course, the UAE UAE's now gone into panic and it's called in um, both Egypt and Saudi Arabia. Um, and is asking them for support in, in defending itself against Yemen. So again, you know, Yemen is another nation that has been completely underestimated by those that are trying to crush it. Because as Mohammed al-Wazir said, he said, nothing's going to break their spirit. You've starved them. You've bombed them. You've you've introduced or effectively introduced cholera because you've created the conditions in which cholera can can flourish. But nothing is is stopping them, you know. They're not going to give up. What have they What have they got to lose? And that's what he said. There's no leverage with the Yemeni people, none, because they they are refusing to go back to the status quo where they are basically just a proxy of of Saudi Arabia and effectively under control of the United States and the UK. Not only that, Vanessa, but uh, uh, by by poking Yemen and by doing what they've done, attacking it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the, the the there is a rally cry. There is a kind of uh, uh, noises now on in the grassroots about Yemen wanting to go and liberate those uh, uh, legacy traditional uh, ethnic Yemenis within Saudi Arabia. Yeah. The original. Yeah. The original Arabian Peninsula tribes exactly. from, from from the oppressive rule of mm-hmm. this family of the Al 
Assad. Yeah. And so this this is what might be coming down the road. And I don't think Saudi Arabia has the stomach for it, quite oh, frankly. No. They'll they'll jump in the sea. They're not gonna stand and fight. They'll be off to uh Saint Tropez. <laughs> Cashing the chips. No, don't take me down that route because I could get very rude about the Saudi Arabia. <laughs> not, not only that, but the UAE, um, yeah. they're they're involved in you know taking down countries now, and so yeah. they they're, they're totally propped up by European and Western capital. The minute yeah. anything happens to the UAE, a lot of businesses will pull out. Tourism will the the, the bottom will come out of the tourism industry. They're so yeah. exposed. In the UAE, it's not even funny. So you know, well, and added to which, but you know, a huge number of these private security firms have their bases there. Mm -hmm. All of these mercenary producers, um, a lot of them are centered in that in that region. You know, so so that's also under threat. That there's a lot to lose here. Yeah, and um, you know, it it could be as simple as they're shoring up their defences by trying to put in, you know, trying to insert a, a sort of a British military presence along with what we know is is an existing U.S. military presence in Yemen. Um, but you know, this is disgusting again. I mean, if this is happening, and it's certainly happening with complete media blackout, and I agree with you, Mike. I found um, an article from December two thousand and fourteen. Um, with Foreign Secretary Philip Hanmans talking about those bases in Bahrain and then in Oman. So, yeah, I kind of dug back as because I was looking for something relating to this visit. And the only thing I can find is is Michael um, Fallon sort of, you know, posturing and, and grandiosing <laughs> um, at, at the arms industry um, fair. Um, <clears throat> where, by the way, a huge number of protesters were arrested um so you know it's kind of it's it's an, an interesting development and i certainly think it's worth keeping an eye on it may come to nothing but i certainly wouldn't put it past them well we're gonna we'll keep it definitely keep an eye on it we're gonna wrap up this segment we're gonna uh take a short break in a minute and then uh finish off with uh basil valentine after the break but uh vanessa thank you very much uh for for this uh segment this week on the sunday wire and especially thank you and uh for and to everybody who contributed uh those statements about uh the attack on the syrian soldiers one year ago in derizor um, very moving and uh, extremely meaningful, and we just a big thank you to to everybody there, and also our uh, condolences go out to all the families of the soldiers as well who lost their lives in that attack. Yeah. But um, we really appreciate that, especially this week. Um, really, really important. Very important to remember that. So, but uh, great, uh, great work uh, as always, uh, Vanessa, and uh, look forward to seeing more of your work up at 21stcenturywire.com. Uh, I know you're working on a lot of stuff uh, uh, right now, so uh, it's just uh, we'll hopefully be seeing some of that. There's a lot going on, folks. There's a lot going on, and uh, Vanessa's covering it there in the Middle East. Uh, so all the best, Vanessa. Take care. Thanks ever so much. Take care, both of you, and see you soon. And you, Hasha. <laughs> Take care. Okay, that there she goes, ladies and gentlemen, Vanessa Beely. Uh, and we're going to take a short break and just connect before we finish up this week with Basil Valentine waiting in the wings. Uh, it seems that there is some palace intrigue brewing in Britain. What does it mean? 
Where is it heading? We'll find out after these messages. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. This is the Sunday Wire. We'll be right back after this short break. After the rain now Things just can't stay Stay the same No right now Something's got to change After the rain now Everyone gets everything he wants I wanted a mission And for my sins they gave me one Brought it up to me like room service Captain Willard, are you in there? Yeah, I'm coming It was a real choice mission (laughs) 